0: focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota podcast. I appreciate you following us every week. We are going to record episode number 28 today. We are talking to a very beautiful young woman, I might add, who's sitting across from me. Her name is uh, Sari Gurness, and she's with Urban Undercover. And I think the first time I ran across your products was at Made in Minnesota, maybe like four years ago, perhaps. Yep, yep. Um, At the time, and I won't... I don't know why I'm telling you this, but its I've always thought about you in this context. So at the time, I'd had a double mastectomy because I had breast cancer when I was 42. And I was done with treatment, and I had implants, and they're pretty awful. I'm not going to lie. If you've had a mastectomy and you get implants, they give you the shape of breasts, but they in and of themselves are pretty horrible. They're hard. They're misshapen. Usually they're kind of just gross. But the one nice thing about it is you don't have to wear a bra. But because you don't have to wear a bra and you have these sort of weird orbs, they don't really fit in any bras either. So my undercover situation to this day is still horrid because I don't usually have to wear a bra. So then I don't really have anything pretty or nice either. And I remembered seeing your products because you have a fully lace bra that isn't just for an A cup, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of times they're too small. So I just, for all this time, I have thought about you and your product because I thought I'd love to talk to her because I wonder if she knows what a hidden market that could be for her.
0: Wow, no, thank
1: you. So there you go. So there you are. I'm going to introduce you. (laughs) Sari Gurnish. she's with Urban Undercover. Um, Tell me about how did you get into the garment, you know, undercover business? You make... Thongs and bras yeah, and camisoles.
0: So, um, just a little bit of a kind of an embarrassing story to start. But I told some of my girlfriends that I was going to start making underwear. It was literally underwear where I started, and um, and they laughed at me and literally thought I was joking because they were like, "You don't wear underwear," and I was like, "I don't wear it because it's, it's not terrible, right?" Yeah. So it wasn't because I was consciously making a decision to kind of. Go commando. I just honestly couldn't find anything that I felt pretty in and comfortable in, and um, that fit me. And I'm a size 12, 14. Mm -hmm. So the which is the average they say of, and actually I think it's more now 14, 16 for average size um, for North American women. And I just found it ridiculous that I couldn't find something that was um, comfortable to wear every day that actually fit. So, and that
1: didn't look like grandma panties. Or
0: fall apart. Yeah. Or, or was marketed towards, you know, a 16-year-old. yeah, and, and I just wanted simple and, um, you know, but it's the first layer that you put on. So I really kind of believe, and I don't dress up. I don't, I tend, I mean, I shouldn't say don't, but I, you know, it's not like I, I am a, an extremely dressy person or anything. I'm kind of cash, actually. But I, I think it's nice to have that good foundation to kind of put everything on. Right
1: next to your skin, of course. Yep. So what were you doing that you were telling your friends? Like, were you working in another business?
0: I was. So I, um, kind of, I, I put myself through school, um, and working in restaurants and
1: then. Tell me about that. Where'd you go to school?
0: So I went to, um, University of Michigan or, uh, that's where I started. And then, Um, I went on scholarship and then was paying out of state tuition and it was still just a little bit steep and working in restaurants. And so did you grow up here? I did. Yep. So I grew up in St. Paul, um, and I went to, uh, visitation. All right. Yeah. Sure. And, um, Heights there. And so, um, and love that. And, and then went to university of Michigan, um, and had to transfer out. Just It was just a little bit steep in out-of-state tuition. And so, Can I uh, ask you about that? Yeah.
1: Because my daughter is in an out-of-state tuition college, and she has a scholarship too. Mm-hmm. But it's still one of the most expensive colleges to go to in the world. When you had to leave, did it feel
0: like sadness for you? Mm-hmm. Like, how
1: many years had you completed before you had to
0: leave? Two. Um, but I really... I loved, and the reason I chose Michigan is it had a very, um, um, it was a big, it's a big school. I mean, it's yeah. the University of Michigan, and it had all the amenities of a big school with a really small school feel. So, um, and it was a beautiful campus, and I just made some great friends there, and And it was a tough, I mean, I could have tried to battle it out and, and stuff, um, but I was working so much. It was just a tough yeah. thing. And, and I did feel... Um, I was bummed. I was really kind of yeah. bummed. And so I, um, I, it kind of led, actually, I, I think it really kind of was formative for what I ended up doing, though, or what I am doing now. Sure. Because um, I ended up finishing at the University of Minnesota. Just, um, it kind of was like, well, I'll just finish. Just now. get done. Yeah. yeah. I just yep. didn't really have my heart in it anymore, which was kind of a bummer. But, um, but, and then after college, I, was, I just kind of felt like I didn't really have that full. Experience, yeah? Yes. So I told my parents I wanted to move, and I and they were like, okay, okay, and they kind of knew I was always a dreamer, and I had narrowed it down to two places, but um, came home one day with a U-Haul because I'd moved back in with my parents after graduating. So I graduated, then moved out of my apartment, and then back in with my parents and was trying to figure out what to do. I was there for about three months maybe and came home with u U-Haul, and they were like, where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, I'm moving to Texas, so... And Texas is where you moved. I had heard that Austin was the live music capital of the the world. And I'd never been there. I didn't know anybody there. And I didn't have a job. And I I just heard that if you never got off 35, you'd end up in Texas. So I packed up a U-Haul and headed south. (laughs) Okay. So
1: now you go to Austin and you're working, I'm assuming, in the restaurant business, which we all love because it's given us the opportunity to do so many things.
0: Exactly. And I did. I loved it. I made some of my greatest friends there. And, um... Was there, actually, I loved it here, too. I mean, my friends sure. had a bet on actually how long I would be down there, and, um, and and I was there for three years, and the only reason I left was to go back to graduate school. So I went to the Miami Ad School. Okay. So, um, in Miami, Florida. So I left Texas, always saying, or left Austin, always saying I'd be right back, and um, hasn't quite happened other, other than visiting, but it's, I, I would love to go back someday, but, um,
1: changed a lot.
0: Oh, it has every it's time. Big I, skyscrapers oh, now and it's and a like, lot different. And like, a parking lot. What happened? Yeah. Like everything's, so I, 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 love it, but I still want it, like I wanted to stop growing. <laughs> yeah.
1: You have to go to Nashville, I think for that. That's
0: on my list. Yeah. Oh, it's great. And, and Memphis done. too.
1: Uh, so you go to Miami ad school. Mm-hmm. Was it marketing that was interesting to you or what were you going to study?
0: Um, actually art directions. So okay. I I wish now being doing what I'm doing now, I wish it had been marketing. Um but um it was I always I've always been creative just in terms of like um I mean everything like making my own cards and did you I, think you would work in an ad agency and be an art director mm-hmm. and okay. I did and I just um so I went through Miami ad school and had some great it that's a great school and had some just fantastic opportunities with them um, in Amsterdam and in San Francisco and in Miami and then I um, love Amsterdam too. I know I, I've had some it's been fun, but I but I the ad industry wasn't for me. It's hard. It is and it's um It just wasn't for me. Yeah. So I I just decided that I, but I, you know, was really kind of bummed because you've, now I've, I like, I, I completely thought, you know, after years of working in a restaurant and I graduated with a degree in Spanish and English. So I, I just never really knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I kind of thought once I had gotten into ad school and, um, I thought this is totally it, yeah but it wasn't. So kind of went through that really bummer, you know, time where you're like, oh, great. I just spent more money now. <laughs> were you in your 20s
1: or were you in your 30s by the time you had this discovery?
0: Uh, By the time I was finished, early 30s. Okay. Yep, early 30s. Um. So, you know, and that's another thing. You know, you think, okay, I'm getting older and I still don't know what I want to Yeah. Do, you know, and you're like, what? This is... I think
1: we only give people the allowance of 20s. Yeah. And then so many people now it's really the beginning of the thirties where they're like, wow, because everything's kind of moved out. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're just finishing up and thinking they're getting their career really started. They've done stuff, but so that's a common, I hear that a lot.
0: And I, and I, and I want to tell people it's okay. You know, it's just such a journey and I I do feel like everything that I've done has been a building block to help me do my business. So, um, so I, you know, definitely going to school in Miami has Mm -hmm. helped me with my business and stuff. So it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to do advertising, but I didn't even know that at the time. So I didn't set out to start a business. It was kind of in that time um, that I decided I didn't want to do agencies anymore. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't. Um, And I went back to restaurants because, you know, the kind of the fail safe. And, and there's part of me that actually, that really loves customer service too. So, you know, that's kind of a fun aspect of the restaurant and stuff. So, was still trying to just figure out what I wanted to do and it was during that time that I was I literally was like, I just want better underwear. And so I kind of approached it very backwards, you know, from uh looking at it as an overall business. Like I didn't go, Okay, this is this is the business I wanna do, this is the overall plan, this is the direction, this is everything. I just was like, ah, how do you create better underwear? So did you start like drawing
1: a plan? Did you go and buy material? How
0: did you literally start making a pair of underwear so I um, at that time and and so this was now like with the idea I started six and a half years ago mm-hmm. maybe and um, the scope of business was so different so different um, people weren't doing I mean small business wasn't wasn't getting the attention that it's getting now yeah so the resources weren't as uh, readily available. Um, and so I literally had no idea. I kind of was calling around people to try to figure, I don't know how to sew, and I don't come from any sort of textile background or anything like that. Um, so just did, you know, call to call to call. Um, and then also had an idea. What did the
1: call sound like? Hi, you know, I want to make some underwear. How do yeah, I do it?
0: I, I, so I started actually with my cousin, one of my cousins who's a lawyer, but he's in insurance. And um, so it's different. But the reason that I was starting there is because I also had an idea with the pocket. Our... our um, underwear all fold into themselves okay so that they can travel really easily so that's where the undercover comes from um but so i was like oh what if i patented this idea so i kind of had two different um conversations going on at the same time so i was talking to some of my uncles and cousins about the patent idea even though they're not patent lawyers they're just in the legal um, different aspects of the legal um arena and so i um was speaking with them and one of my cousins it was, you know, through a family business, said, you know, talk to this guy. He knows about sewing, but, you know, on different types of stuff. And he directed me to somebody else and ended up speaking with this woman who, um, she lived about an hour north. And, um, I call, or I told her what my idea was. Would you ever meet? And I drove up there to meet her. Um, and she said she was all prepared to tell me no, like this was not, because she actually, um, she was the, um, uh, Head, like, head of a sew shop at a correctional facility. Okay. So, um, and she was all prepared to tell me no. And then she said, we met and she said, oh, I'll give it a try. And she was awesome. So she actually made, we made the patterns and everything from the pairs that we still have. there are our base pairs. She was very, very, um, Attentive to detail and awesome and stuff.
1: So undercover wear, this idea that they fit and go into their own pocket, Mm -hmm. was that like when people were having all of their carry-on luggage looked through and you didn't want your underwear falling out onto the conveyor belt? Is that where that idea came from? Or why did you think you needed a cute bag to put the underwear in and have it be self-contained?
0: Because, so it kind of came twofold. Like there was an idea of the pocket, but not necessarily like to too many things, but uh-huh. you kind of just had an extra little space for something, and then the um, ability to fold up, they kind of meshed, and the reasoning is, because I have such, you know, like I said, I went back to restaurants, and I kind of was doing a bunch of different things, and house-sitting, and, you know, mm-hmm. I basically was on the go all the time, I think very similar to a lot of women, you know, you go to you leave your house at whatever time in the morning, and then you go... Well, I wish I made it to the gym a little more, but (laughs) the gym and then work and then, you know, out with your friends or whatever it is and stuff. And so I always had underwear with me. I always had clothes or something and stuff. And so, um, I just was like, you know, it would be really nice if they, and in during that time also, um, it was, um, there, now there's a few more brands out there that are really trying to claim comfort and. Um, beauty and everything in underwear. But at that time, it was really actually polarizing between um, shapewear. Spanx was Mm -hmm. really making its name at that time. Um, And so um, in that, you know, they're great. Spanx are great, but they really have a specific function and are not comfortable for every day, all day. Um, And then there was some great high-end, really expensive stuff, but kind of just still that missing market of, you know, reasonably priced everyday underwear and stuff.
1: So you get your first patterns and you meet with this person who makes them for you. And so you're on your way. Mm-hmm. How do you start marketing them? Do you have a website? Do you go to trade shows? What did you do?
0: Well, so I did um, it, it now. Now, like I said, the scope of business is so different. So making a website was a, just a huge challenge. And I happen to know somebody who knew a little bit more about WordPress and could do something. And we put up a, wor- a website, but it really wasn't easy It really wasn't easy to sell uh, and have a shopping cart. Yeah, it was very difficult. And so, you know, that was a challenge. But I'll tell you, I was kind of doing all those things at the same time. I was still perfecting our product. Mm -hmm. So I'm very much more a creative mind than I mean, I think my my business acumen has definitely got us this far and stuff. But um, I would say that my my strength is a lot more in the um, ideas and kind of the vision of everything um and one of my really 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 important things is that you have a good product. And we so we we had great patterns, the samples that we were making were great. Our first factory was a nightmare. Okay? Lost a ton of money. Um and actually How did you a, get the
1: money that you used? So you borrowed money from a friend. Yep. Wow. And a
0: great friend who... Um,
1: was there a written agreement or was it just...
0: Yep, yep, um, there was. And um, And she, you would pay the money back yep, upon selling yep, your underwear? Yep, and, uh And that's a scary thing. And, you know, she's just, she was she's pretty amazing. And so um, was able to do that, but unfortunately lost a big chunk of it. In yeah. Two aspects, actually, are lace. Um, we had done testing with all the stuff that they had sent us, but then it was my bad and just kind of learning and I didn't test, the, um, so I tested the samples that they sent us, but I didn't test the batch when it came. Okay. And so the batch arrived and they didn't like heat set it properly. So it actually shrunk and pilled. And so I basically had a ton of underwear that I really couldn't sell. Okay. Um, And then the factory. Did you cry? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still cry. And so... <laughs> how did you, how
1: did you, like, did you just all of a sudden you washed it and you went, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. has to feel terrible. It
0: was just devastating. and and first, it was that the fit wasn't right. And okay. I thought, okay, well, maybe we can just adjust. And when we're selling to people, we just tell them they have to get a size bigger. Yep. And we couldn't go real small because they just, they essentially did them all really big. And um, so, and I thought, well, that's okay if we just kind of notify people yep. that if you normal you know, but then I wasn't okay with the quality and that, that really was a huge bummer. Um, so anyway, so I spent a lot of time still just figuring out the product. Like, a long time. Um, and it always takes longer than you think. And so um, that was really, really important to me. And all this time, I wasn't marketing it, mm-hmm. really. I mean, I was kind of... How are you living? Restaurants and yep. <laughs> credit cards. And, yep. I mean, I'm not going to lie, I got into debt. and. How much um, debt did you get on your credit cards? Mm-hmm. And are you paid up yet? No. Okay. No, and a lot.
1: <laughs> I think... Um, <laughs> Well, I think I've told this maybe in one of the couple first episodes, but at one point we had fifty thousand dollars in credit card debt when we started our company, and um, we had agreed that we would do twenty five, and then it got to fifty, yeah. and we did eventually get that paid off. But man, it's
0: scary, and it's a and no, it's not all paid off just because like I've made. We're finally on the right track, but it took me a really long time to get yeah there. because so we went through all this and. And I was so concerned on making a good product because that, I, I can't sell anything that I don't believe in. I just, and, and the whole goal was literally to make better underwear. Yeah. So I'm not going to make like sort of better underwear. Yeah, like, so, um, finally got that all together. And then actually what happened was I had it, I had been calling it a different name. So we actually started with a different name and I didn't love it. And I didn't love the logo and I just didn't it didn't feel right. Things weren't working together for me in my mind. Um, and at that time, I kind of had been talking, there weren't as many women in business. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say there weren't as many women in business, but um, it didn't, I didn't know of as many. You weren't like, networked. No, yeah. Nope. And so, um, so at that time I'd been talking to a lot more males and really kept, Pushing me into the um, lingerie, lingerie. They're like, oh, underwear, this is great. Go. Yep. And I, I'm not lingerie. I don't, Are you know, really at the base of our, um, kind of the whole platform that we stand on is, um, you know, we have an adventure vibe and on the go, like I said, you know, you throw them in your bag and you go. But really, uh, the the thing that I really believe the most in is that you have to feel good and then everything else, you know, comes. Um but if you don't feel good, then you're gonna have a much harder time with everything else. So, um, you know, the underwear I, I it was really important to me that they felt good and everything. And lingerie to me is really I, there's there's a purpose for it and stuff. But I I I like if people are gonna spend their money to get you know more wear out of it and stuff. So I just couldn't go in the lingerie and and our logo at that time had kind of been, was real frilly. It just didn't work with me anymore. Yeah. Um. So then rebranded. And that was a year and a half, almost two years ago, maybe. And um, and so then now we have everything together and now I need our marketing. <laughs> so <laughs> now I'm like, okay, now. <laughs> and so when you
1: sat down in the chair, you kind of <laughs> laughed. You were like, oh my God, I learned so many things along the way. Ugh. There's definitely been this evolution that's happened. And to be fair, that happens in any business. I mean, we had a lot of elements in our business that we thought this was going to be the thing and then a year later we were like how did we think that was going to be the thing totally and you just yeah. you are continually moving it forward based on feedback and your own vibes and what your customers want so you feel like now you're ready yep do. and and do you remember that feeling like waking up one morning and being like yeah this is now I'm ready
0: well no not <laughs> <laughs> i wish it, you know because as a, i think as an entrepreneur oh, a, a, as a business owner every day is just a little bit scary too. Yeah. So there's you know like and and I'd like to say that I don't doubt myself sometimes but I do. You know, so sometimes of you're like course. Oh, like shoot and you know some days are totally on and some are off and stuff. So I I can't say that there was really like a turning point but um after I guess so we I like I said I spent so much time getting the product right and felt really comfortable with that um and then after the brand and it just that is kind of a continual evolution as well. Like the platform is really great, but we kind of even still evolve just a little bit daily. And I just feel like it gets stronger and stronger. So it's not necessarily that I um, woke up and was like, okay, this is right now. I just keep feeling like it. I, I keep feeling more that we're going in the right direction right. than before I was like, I don't know. I, I just had so much more hesitation and now I don't have that same hesitation.
1: Well, and maybe the thing that you will learn is that (laughs) when you have that hesitation, it's not right for you. Yeah. And that that's what that instinct and that gut is. You've mentioned they a couple of times. Do you have employees or is there someone else that is in the business with you or?
0: No. So everybody asks me this and um, I always speak in the we and and us and
1: i do too so i'll start talking about your business like ours
0: yeah well and i love that though so so this is why i do so it is just me you know and and i actually have still a little being totally candid and honest a couple other jobs yeah to keep of course you know keep it going and and be able to do what we want to do and stuff but um the we is my parents and my and my yeah. cousins and everybody that is. The collective way yes, that's has, helped you along oh, the way. And I tell you, I, I couldn't have done this without without family and friends, 100%.
1: And so you're working your other job still. <laughs> you're trying to kind of get all this going. About what percentage of your time do you spend on your business at this point?
0: Um, Well, a little bit more now because I lost a full-time job in mm-hmm. December. So... Um, a little bit more now, but I mean, it's my, it's kind of funny. I mean, it, it, it's hard to say what percentage of my time because it is me. Yeah. So it's hard to say, like, I don't ever feel like I'm not Like you punch
1: out and go home. Yeah. Yeah. I get that.
0: But I don't, it's, but that sounds terrible to people who actually, like, I'm lucky to have found a passion that I really like and believe in. And like, cause it's, it's just. Part of me, so I feel like I'm always working. Yeah, Things no, are always, I get that. Um, but we just moved into a new office space, which is awesome. Uh-huh. So, and I share that with another girl. Um, so I'd always do that, you know, go there. I mean, I'm, I'm still, I don't, I don't know what time, you know, but all weekends and. Do you evenings. find that going
1: to an office is important to you? I do. I have found that too. Yeah. I, I always had an office, and then when we sold our business, I didn't. And then I got an office and people were like, well, what are you doing there? I was like, I don't know. But I, know. <laughs> I go there every day and, yeah, you know, I've got all these projects now. But some days I just, I don't know, just stare at my computer. And it
0: was—it—it it just is. It's a different. You're in a different. Um, I mean, I, I thought because I kind of I had an office and then I got out of it to save yep. some money. And then I, we just moved in literally like two weeks ago. And already I can tell different.
1: It feels like you're going to work. It does. Yeah. And it
0: just, you know, it's not that I didn't obviously take everything seriously and everything before. I mean, I 100% did, but there's just a different...
1: Yeah, I totally hear what you're saying on and that. And i
0: locked out. We're in a great place in Northeast. Yep. And the businesses that we're in with, um, a ton of... Uh, Where are you officing? Um, it's, I, I think they're calling it the North Cove Building. Uh-huh. It's um, 610 Southeast 9th Street. Okay. Um, And we actually have a little... Showroom, showroom, yeah, which is kind of fun, um, but we're in there with like it's Woodchuck is the anchor, yep, um, and is their building and they're going to be
1: doing a podcast with me in a couple weeks. Okay,
0: they're great guys, how funny, Just such great guys, and I think that that's part of the reason that the building is becoming what it is. Yeah, um, Great Lakes Company is in there, um, the Minneapolis Saint Paul Clothing Company, mm-hmm. Fisher Baker. There's a yoga studio actually, or a Pilates studio. Um, I share it with Emma from My Clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she's just awesome. Her stuff is awesome. So I really think it's, you know, it's a great office space. And then we have this little front showroom, which is fun. And then just being around these other...
1: It helps you to get, share collective knowledge. Does. I'm excited about that for you. I think it'll be great. It, it gives does. you coworkers. It gives you people to bounce ideas off of.
0: And all those guys, I, you know, it's... um, um you know, I'm, I'll be candid, like they're all further along than we are. Sure. So it's a really big benefit to me. So I hope that I can bring you some sort of benefit to them. And but.
1: you'll pay it forward in whatever way is coming down yes, the road. You are
0: all so great. And they've been, I mean, it's a really fun building. So I think that that makes, um, <coughs> excuse me, a big difference.
1: So are you selling your products now online or are mm-hmm. you just going to trade shows? Are you selling wholesale? What, no, how are you selling?
0: Online? We are in Mary Lou boutique in YZ and that's a great store, but we, t- I'm not really taking on stores right now for the most part. Um, it's another uh, beast to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two reasons actually. There's um, to, to manage that is a, you know, uh I would almost need somebody else on it, Mm -hmm. Um, and and then quite truthfully, like we've kind of built our margins. They're not, they're not, they're not terrible, but you know we need that to. You're not able
1: to cut someone else in at this point. No, not
0: really, not right now. Um, um, You know, maybe if we were able to increase, we're all made in the USA too, which is great. But um, you know, increasing volume obviously brings down the cost, but we're still so small, so our cost is up there. So right now it just doesn't quite make
1: sense. So what is your, like when you do like a show like Made in Minnesota, is that like a big opportunity for you when you go out and about and you can get in front of customers?
0: Yep. Yeah, especially with our products. So, um, and we're, we're, we have a couple of other great products and stuff that yep. are, um, and actually just launching a few. We're kind of, um, adv- adventure inspired and on the go, but our core still is our underwear. And that's, and it does retail between 24 and 32. Yep. And that's because we use, I told you all the lace nightmares. We went to Italy. So, or I didn't, I wish I did, but <laughs> <laughs> on a company based in Italy. And um, we use an Italian lace that's amazing, but it's expensive. Yep. And, but then they last and yep. um, our fabric comes from California and stuff, but, but people want to still, so we're, we're right in line with a lot of our competitors, boutique um, kind of brands and stuff. Uh, as far as price, but some people, especially I think and not, this isn't a bad thing, but it's just, I find in Minnesota, you know, aren't necessarily used to paying that for underwear. So, yeah. um, really want to see and touch and feel. So, you know, we, we have these, both these great benefits, the, the fit and the feel, which is the primary and then the ability to, to take them with you, you know, so, um, travel or just to have an extra pair at work in case anything happens or whatever. You,
1: you mentioned the um, adventure kind of on the go lifestyle and that you're creating other products. Are you creating other things besides underwear now?
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Like Tell me about that. So we, um, uh, I just, I, you know, when I kind of had to stop and think about who we were and what, what we were and um, you know, and I, whether this is right or wrong, I don't know, but I'm basing kind of our, consumer a lot on someone like me mm-hmm. as an urban woman who, you know, might have six jobs or might just go from job to job or um, place to place. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of, but then also this love of travel. So whether you can or you can't, cause there's a long time there where I couldn't travel just starting a business doesn't quite, <laughs> quite <laughs> lend itself that. to yes, travel all that uh, disposable income. So, um, but I've always had this wanderlust, Kind of um, you know adventure in me and stuff. So that's really the direction. Our and since our underwear are portable, they can easily go mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, that's really the direction that we're going. Um, so I actually just this week we're releasing an adventure bag. It's a crossbody bag that is great for city travel. So mm-hmm. uh, when you're on the go, it's um, uh, extremely sturdy. But then it'll pack you know easily a scarf and kind of all those things when you're out for the whole day. Yeah, or something. Um, Um, this actually is something that's coming out. It's like a, I was
1: looking at what you're wearing. That's so funny. You said that it's kind of like, it's a very tight sleeve, but then, um, like a cardigan, but it's long and flowy and it looked like you could make it like a scarf.
0: It's like a travel wrap.
1: Yeah. I just got it
0: back from our pattern designer. So I'm testing it and I want to see how it washes and wears. I like it. Thanks. And and it It looks like my shirt, but mine's a shirt and not a, and it can be worn five different ways. So that's, that's the other thing that I'm really a big um, uh, believer in is that um, less is more. So if you can have great staple pieces that that function, you know, for multi-purposes or...
1: Like the skirt that turns into the bathing suit cover-up that turns into the dress. Yep. Yeah. like all and that.
0: So it's like, you know, and even though our underwear don't necessarily function as something else, they the ability that you can... Travel with them, kind of yeah, and just wash extra. them in the sink, and yep. Yep, and you can go. So I, I, just, I kind of believe in in really good staple pieces. Um, kind of that I guess that capsule wardrobe idea.
1: So the next piece for you is to for learning how to get people to find you on the internet, mm-hmm. and that is such a challenge because oh it becomes SEO, it becomes buying ads, it becomes social media,
0: and it's money and time and. Um, you know, every entrepreneur knows those don't come easily. Yeah. I mean, well, shoot, they don't come easily to very many. I mean, no matter what you're doing, but, right? Um, but I, the other challenge is it's not, you know, you're good at some things and you're not good at others. And, That's right. And I would say it's not my strongest point. Um, and people will say, like, because I've done, I, I had some help with our branding, but I really am. I do all a lot of the creative. I mean, uh huh. I, I do all of our. I, that was what ad school taught me and stuff. And, um, so I'm, but people are like, oh, well that shouldn't be hard. You're I'm like, no marketing and branding and av- they're two very, yep. very, very different things. So marketing is a, an extreme challenge that I'm trying to jump over right now.
1: It's hard too, because you probably need to hire someone mm-hmm. and then how do you get the money to hire someone? And if you don't have a lot of money, then do you try to bootstrap it with a half a person or maybe a smart kid or however it is that you can get there? It's I I thought that was one of the more challenging pieces of developing our business.
0: It is so tough, and it's and <clears throat> I think it's always been tough, but I think it's even well, I shouldn't say more more difficult now. But it it's one of the things is like how do you stand out, and then how do you? So that's more than, I guess the branding and stuff. But then how do you? read those numbers and okay mm-hmm. they're clicking here they're doing this or where you know my mind just doesn't necessarily think like that well so. and
1: i there's a lot of kind of snake oil in that business which mm-hmm. doesn't sound very confident but yeah you know the whole seo thing you could just get down and i have as a small business person i got down a rabbit hole where i was paying thousands of dollars every month for my search engine optimization and you know our rank is never climbing and it's a year in, and it's still not climbing. And yeah, and then, it's, and then their
0: adage that oh, oh, it just takes time. Yeah, how, how much, much time? time?
1: And marketing <laughs> yeah. does take time. Like yeah. you know, in the I've sold radio, I've sold newspaper, I've sold direct mail. It does take time, but yeah. you know, at some point, it's like, come on, people, something has to be happening here.
0: Exactly. So um, I,
1: I feel your pain. That is a hard a hard struggle.
0: And I'd say that that's that's really my biggest battle right now. Is and it's you know kind of chicken and the egg thing. You know because um, I've thought about trying to go find funding, but they want to see increased sales. Yep. But it's like I don't you know I don't. How do I get more sales without more people knowing? Like our conversion rate on our website is great actually, from what I read, like uh, it's actually really great. But our numbers visiting our website yeah. are not that big. So it's like okay. We'd have these sales if we could get these. But I need And then money. PR <laughs> comes into that
1: too. Like yeah. can you get something to Oprah and then all of a sudden you become her favorite thing and Oh
0: I know and we're that's, undercover
1: Totally, totally. <laughs>
0: and that's and I'd say that's my most frustrating. I am not a competitive person at all. I really believe that there's room for everybody and kind of rising tide and stuff. But I'm but I'm also real and I'll see some of my competitors that are like um, in, more in the underwear like we're, yeah. we're really we have a we have a niche in kind of what our brand is but um, I look at other underwear just from that base and you know there's nothing necessarily they're claiming the nice fit and which they are probably are I don't know I haven't tried all of them and stuff but you know and they're here here and here and here you know and then I you read a story and you're like oh well she's up five million in funding and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like we actually have something different and new and that's I don't know. I'm I'm trying to trying to figure out how to make that hurdle.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so do you have um, in your mind like an end game? Like, are you like, I'm going to you know, if this hasn't when we started our business, we had a time frame. Mm-hmm. We were like, if we're not able to sustain ourselves by this time frame, then we're going to cut the cord. Of course, we didn't when we got there. But yeah. that was sort of our mindset as we started. Do you have thoughts like that or do you just keep going day to day and.
0: I just keep going day to day because I want to, I don't know how to, I mean, eventually I would love to really build this, um, with a, a strong team, you know, so like, I actually would love that other half of me, almost somebody who is more of a CEO than me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I, you know, I'm more of a, uh, like I said, visionary and kind of creative and I'd really love a number. So I'd, I, I really do want to build it and, um, with a team and, you know, eventually sell it to somebody that would take, you know, take the same vision and stuff, but I don't know how to, I didn't really put a, if I'm not making X amount by this time or whatever.
1: It feels like, and I hope somebody listening maybe hears this, but it feels like you need a collaborator or Mm -hmm. like... And I'm really excited about the space that you're in yeah. because I feel like someone might come into that environment that could be the match to the yin to your yang, yeah. or maybe, you know, their products do one thing and yours do another and you can marshal your resources. Right. I've always thought that there would be like, you know, Coco does a co-working environment, mm-hmm. but like there should be like almost a mall for small businesses and entrepreneurs that if you could attract people to the space... And have events, and you could all help float each other's boats, if that
0: makes sense. And that's really kind of what this building is doing. I like that. Yeah, it's really, um, you know, like this past weekend, Great Lakes had an open showroom, Mm -hmm. and so we were open, and just, I mean, it's kind of doing that. That's neat. Yeah, and just...
1: Is uh, it purposeful? Is the management of the building doing it, or just the people in the building?
0: You know, I think it's both. Um, I just, you know, it's kind of that... Um, you know, you put out that good energy. Yeah. And and you're there for a reason. I'm convinced. And it attracts that, you know, so I was really intrigued by what these guys are all doing. Yeah. And the socialites there in the middle of that building. Yeah. And um, so, you know, it's, you know, you want to be around that. So I think it's, you know, I I think it's maybe purposeful as much as it is just what's happening. Yeah. It's the the karma of maybe you're just supposed to
1: be there at the right time. Yeah. Um, what's your number one seller? Is it the underwear?
0: It is the underwear right now. Yep. Just because that's what we, um, well, that's, yeah, it is the underwear right now. And it's our three pack actually. Okay. On the website. They'll purchase the three versus. And i like, I just got the greatest, and this is my favorite. So you asked about like doing the made in Minnesota yep. and doing and stuff. Cause you can really talk to the customer and I don't, I, I don't really believe in like selling somebody. I just walk them through if they want purchase. You know, I'm not going to try to sell. And there was a woman in the booth and um, you know, she was really hesitant and I was like, don't worry, you can, you know, cause I think some people also in these,
1: they need permission they feel, not well, to, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: they feel like you and I don't blame them. You know, you feel they want to support, but might not have the money. Or oh, whatever. and I always
1: and, drunk shop at those things. Oh. I, you know, a thousand dollars later and I bought my
0: favorite cause you can oh, tell Oh my God, people... <laughs> Tracy Dyer
1: has sold me a yeah. lot of bags over there.
0: <laughs> but, uh, so they, um, uh, she just kind of, and I said, don't worry, it's okay. She said, no, I really want to. And, and she did, and then sent me this note that she was like, "Oh my God!" And she came back and bought three more. She's like, "They're my favorite." I really was skeptical about it. Oh, that's great! So that's my favorite. So that yeah, gets you through the day. It does, and it, that you know, because that's why I started. So yeah. <laughs> to hear that is like okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we've been
1: talking with Sari Gurness. It is uh, Urban Undercover. Um, I'm really just excited to see what's next for you Thanks. as you. Move into your adventure sphere. You sound like you're making products for me. So I appreciate that. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> uh kind of an adventury travely busy person. Yeah. Um, I have like five jobs always going. So I have when you talk about like I have bags for each job yep. in my car. And then I started <laughs> started panicking, like, oh, I can't leave, you know, my laptop in here and my yoga clothes in there. So I'm my husband's always like God, did you get another bag? If you just look, I have like a whole chair full of bags here. <laughs> but so, you know, then you're running and you're grabbing these are the three bags I need because I have these two jobs today and then I might go exercise. Yep. So I don't know. It's funny. I I uh, felt like I saw myself in your and a lot of women do that. Very few women I know are just like, I am doing this one thing. I yep. only do one thing. That's men do one thing.
0: Yes. Women, and that's that's why, that's kind of who we design for.
1: Yeah, just always on the go or always mm-hmm. trying to cram too much in. Mm-hmm. There's always, you know, trying to make a million things happen when you really only reasonably had time for two. Yep. <laughs> so, all right. I appreciate you being with me today. Thank um you for having I me. look forward to having you on the show. And I'm going to post your um, podcast, I guess I'm going to post it probably on the 31st. Perfect. So people that are listening for Valentine's Day, because what a fun thing to get for Valentine's Day, a little three pack. And uh, maybe they could put a little gift card in there so you can go to dinner. And um, you mentioned that you lost your job in December, your full time Mm -hmm. job. Are you going to then commit to this full time or do you have that luxury at this point? I'm
0: committed right now. I think I might do some stuff like dog sitting and some other things. (gasps) Oh, good, because I need one of those. Oh, really? I love dogs. See? Okay. So I might try to just make it with you know, not necessarily a a full-time job.
1: Yeah. I understand cobbling it together. A lot of our guests have done that and I did that myself. So good luck to you. Thank Thank you. you for being a guest today. Thank you. Stay tuned for 60 second AP news headlines.